Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Season 4 here at Destination Disaster. I'm your host, Devin Carney. Here we are. We've made it to four seasons of this show. I don't think I could have told you almost two years ago that I would have ever made it this far into a podcast, let alone start one. So whether you're a new listener or you are returning, I want to thank you all for your support. It truly means a lot to me that I can share my goal for preparedness with you. For this season, I have decided to dedicate it to raising awareness for global climate change. There are a slew of environmental disasters that are currently occurring and some that have been raging for decades. The goal is to show you that there is a correlation between global climate change and the increased disaster frequency that we are beginning to see occur globally. Now, before we jump into the content for this week, there are some housekeeping notes that I'd like to cover. I want to quickly talk about the redesigned Patreon page for Destination Disaster. I've taken some time to sit down and think about what all of you would be interested in. Now, don't worry, Destination Disaster isn't moving to a subscription-based model, so never feel like you should have to pay for this content. Destination Disaster's base content will always be free to you, and I will never force anyone to pay to become a better prepared individual. For those of you who are interested in donating, please know that my ultimate goal is to not become rich from this show, but to help the community become a better place, and a portion of those donations will be donated to a charity of your choice at the end of each season. The $5 tier is the entry-level tier for those of you who may want to donate but aren't 100% committed to the idea. This tier allows you access to the members-only area on Patreon, monthly AMAs, a shout-out on each episode, and maybe even a surprise for your first month. The $10 tier, in my opinion, is the best value for your dollar. You are automatically granted access to all prior tier-level items, a 20% discount in the Destination Disaster store, four free Destination Disaster stickers, and a free coffee mug once you complete your first month's billing cycle. Finally, the $20 tier is for those who absolutely love the show and want to contribute more in an effort to help support community efforts quicker. All lower level tier items are available as well as a Destination Disaster merchandise bundle up to $40 in value. If you're interested in joining the Patreon community, the link is provided in the show notes below and on my Instagram page. Now, the topic for this week is one that has been affected by several different factors to include conflict, COVID-19, and a prolonged drought that has further exacerbated this crisis. As I was writing this episode, I couldn't help but think that there are over 8 billion of us on a rock hurtling through space at tens of thousands of miles per hour, never to be in the exact same place ever again. Our planet is incredibly unique in the fact that it is able to sustain life, yet we continue to strip the planet of its resources and pump toxic chemicals into the atmosphere. Now, I'm not telling you to stop eating meat, 
or to stop raising cows. What I'm telling you is that the earth is screaming for mercy. There are over 8 billion of us on this planet, with 4.3 new humans entering life each second. We need to begin thinking as a global species, and not only as an individual, only focused on one country, as we have millions facing food insecurity, inability to access clean drinking water, and conflict on a daily basis. The topic for this week is the Horn of Africa food crisis. The three main factors that I mentioned before have led to over 20 million people facing food insecurity. Now, I know all of you were tired about hearing about the pandemic, but COVID-19 caused a shit ton of food insecurity and displacement. The pandemic left many jobless and led to a mass displacement of over 6 million people. This region of the world is particularly vulnerable to experiencing enhanced effects due to little infrastructure and a healthcare system that is quite frankly lacking modern treatment availabilities. According to the World Food Program, COVID-19 displaced 9 million people and led to 4.7 million refugees and asylum seekers throughout the Horn of Africa. Now, you'll notice that I just stated 9 million when in my previous sentence I stated 6 million. These numbers can include different countries, and quite frankly, it's hard to count all of these people that have been forced to evacuate and move to different portions of Africa. In addition to displacement, this portion of the world was already susceptible to food insecurity, and due to the pandemic, over 50 million people were acutely food insecure. Now, the IPC Acute Food Insecurity Scale rates the risk of famine occurring within an affected region. I want to quickly cover these phases to better understand where the Horn of Africa is ranked in terms of this latest crisis, and where this region could end up should international humanitarian efforts not increase their critical aid. Phase 1, which is minimal, households are able to meet essential food and non-food needs without engaging in atypical and unsustainable strategies to access food and income. Phase 2, stressed, households have minimally adequate food consumption but are unable to afford some non-food expenditures without engaging stress coping strategies. 3, crisis, households either A, have large consumption gaps that are reflected by high or above usual acute malnutrition, or B, are marginally able to meet minimum food needs but only by depleting essential livelihood assets or through stress coping strategies. Phase 4, emergency. Households either A, have large consumption gaps that are reflected by very high acute malnutrition and excess mortality, or B, are able to mitigate large food consumption gaps, but only by employing emergency livelihood strategies and asset liquidation. And finally, phase five, which is catastrophe or a famine. Households have an extreme lack of food and or other basic needs even after the full employment of coping strategies. Starvation, death, destitution, and extremely critical acute malnutrition levels are evident. For famine classification, the area needs to have extreme critical levels of acute malnutrition and mortality. Now jumping back to the article from the World Food Program, Sudan, Ethiopia, and South Sudan were among the 10 countries with the worst food crises globally in 2020, with 9.6 million, 8.6 million, and 6.5 million people respectively acutely food insecure while Burundi has one of the highest levels of chronic malnutrition or stunting of children globally. The majority of countries that actively supported humanitarian efforts halted such operations to focus on citizens within their own countries during COVID-19. In doing that, support for developing nations and regions such as this area in Africa suffered and only increased the food crisis that we are seeing today. As if the pandemic didn't cause enough chaos and harm, droughts have also continued to plague this region since 2020. This region relies on vital rainy seasons to ensure a successful harvest and to sustain livestock that are raised as well. 
The drought has forced many to travel much farther distances to find water and even start farms in more suitable spots. However, those are becoming far more sparse. According to NASA's Earth Observatory, rainfall in the Horn of Africa is concentrated in two rainy seasons, one in March, April, and May, and one in October, November, and December. Four dry seasons in a row is already unprecedented, and now we're in a fifth dry season, said Chris Funk, the director of CHC. Funk contributes rainfall data and forecast to the Famine Early Warning System Network, or the FEWS Net, a program supported by the U.S. Agency for International Development, USED, and several other U.S. agencies. In March 2023, heavy rains did finally fall through the affected region. However, these rains quickly inundated the parched ground, leading to the Chabelle River experiencing an overrun. In the first 25 days of March, parts of Ethiopia received 5 to 10 centimeters, or 2 to 4 inches for those Americans, more rain than is usual for the period, according to a report from Crop Monitor. The Crop Monitor is part of the Group on Earth Observations Global Agricultural Monitoring Initiative, or GEOGLAM, which uses satellite data and modeling to produce early warning reports for food shortages. The above average rainfall ushered in an early start to the long rains, which are in March, April, and May in eastern Africa. The long rains typically contribute up to 60% of the total annual rainfall to the Horn of Africa and play a big role in agricultural productivity. As I just stated a second ago, these rains did quickly inundate both the Chevelle and Juba rivers, leading to the destruction of crop fields, homes, schools, and businesses, unfortunately. Now, we're looking directly at what human-caused climate change has contributed to. In a report created by the World Weather Attribution, scientists from Kenya, Mozambique, the Netherlands, and the United States conducted a study that confirmed human-caused climate change is directly responsible for the conditions that the Horn of Africa is experiencing today. We found that, as a result of human-induced climate change, the combination of low rainfall and high evapotranspiration as unusual as the recent conditions would not have led to a drought at all in a 1.2 degrees Celsius cooler world. In today's climate, the same event is now classified as an exceptional drought with major crop and pasture losses and widespread water shortages. This change in drought severity is primarily due to the strong increase in evaporative demand caused by higher temperatures. We are rapidly approaching an apex in regard to global climate change. Our world is crying for help and we continue to emit toxic chemicals into the atmosphere at a record rate. The last time our planet had this much CO2 in its atmosphere was during the Pliocene Epoch or about 3 million years ago. During this period, the Earth was nearly 8 degrees warmer and sea levels were 50 to 80 feet higher. Now, there may be some of you who simply don't care, nor believe that global warming is going to result in such drastic effects. Now, there's probably some of you sitting here laughing at me, joking around saying that I drank the Kool-Aid. And that's not the case at all. I am a science-based person and I see the facts and where our Earth is headed. Hell, there's probably some of you sitting here right now thinking, oh, hell yeah, there's increased amounts of carbon dioxide and phosphorus in the air, and plants need this to survive and grow. That means it'll surely make it a greener planet. That's simply not the case. According to Karen Kirk with the Yale Climate Connections, research proving that additional carbon dioxide and hotter temperatures do not improve growing conditions. To conduct a more real-world experiment, other studies have given plants extra CO2 plus an increase in temperature. In these conditions, many plants and crops grew poorly. In most cases, the boost from CO2 was overwhelmed by the hotter conditions. 
These experiments demonstrate that the myth of CO2 fertilization is false, and peer-reviewed reports find that major crops like wheat, rice, corn, and soybeans will become less productive as this world heats up. Now, by no means am I trying to fearmonger or force you into a different opinion than what you have currently. What I am trying to show you is that there is evidence that climate change is directly responsible for food insecurity and the crisis that is currently ongoing today. Millions of people are suffering and will continue to suffer unless we do something about it. We humans have nowhere to go. The earth is our home and until we become a multi-planetary species, this is all we've got. Now finally, I want to speak about one final topic that has been one of the leading causes for food insecurity within this portion of the world, and that is conflict. This portion of the world remains politically unstable and prone to random acts of violence. There are several conflicts occurring throughout the region to include the Somali Civil War, Ethiopian Civil Conflict, Putland-Somaliland Dispute, Aramo Conflict, and the OLA Insurgency. Now, I'm not going to cover these conflicts in full detail, as that is actually next week's topic. However, conflict has almost always led to food insecurity. One conflict that I do want to focus on that has led to a drastic surge in prices and a drastic drop in global exports is Russia's invasion of Ukraine. When Russia commenced its invasion of Ukraine, global exports dropped drastically. One key thing to take away from this section is that a majority of Ukraine's crop exports were to support developing nations such as those countries located within the Horn of Africa. The World Food Program states that when Russian soldiers invaded Ukraine and commenced the indiscriminate shelling and scorched earth attacks, this nearly crippled Ukraine's agricultural infrastructure. Over 9 million pounds of crops were either directly stolen by Russia or destroyed, while the total value of damages to Ukraine's agriculture sector exceeds $6.6 billion, the total value of losses, the foregone agriculture-based revenue due to these damages reaches $34.25 billion, according to the MAPF and KSE. Ukraine suffered $11.2 billion in crop losses in 2022 and expects to absorb $3 billion in losses in 2022 to 2023 winter crops. Disruption of agricultural logistics, increased prices of transport and shipping coupled with plummeting domestic prices for export-oriented commodities resulted in a further $18.5 billion in losses. Damages and losses are concentrated in Luhansk, Kharkiv, Donetsk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson, and likely exceed beyond the figures stated here, which reflect survey results through September 15, 2022. I know firsthand the damage this war has caused globally. In my full-time job, I work within the consumer goods industry, where I am a broker, and am responsible for the relationship between manufacturer and retailers. Prior to the war kicking off, most of us had seen grocery prices increase fairly significantly due to COVID, and most of us were looking at a brighter outlook on prices prior to the invasion, hoping for a reprieve in inflation. However, that was not the case. There was a point in time where the main portion of my job was to take price increases to the retailers, sometimes two to three in a six-month period. Now, in a normal year without a pandemic or a war raging, price increases typically happened annually. However, this was different and continued to impact the global food market well into 2022. Ukraine was the second largest exporter of cereal grains, and when the war kicked off, that number dropped significantly. Prior to the invasion, Ukraine exported approximately 6 million tons of these grains globally. By June 2022, Ukraine was only able to fulfill between 15 to 20 percent of that quantity. In peacetime, Ukraine's food exports were enough to feed 400 million people. 
Its farmers supplied a tenth of the wheat and half the sunflower oil sold on world markets. Its shipments of grains and oil seeds through the Black Sea fell to zero last March, from 5.7 million metric tons in February. Our global food trade is a fragile industry and is one that can be swayed off balance by even the lightest of wind gusts. We must begin thinking as a global society if we want the human race to progress into the future and not be hindered because of food insecurity. It's either we all make it or no one does. As I stated throughout this episode, no one event triggered this food crisis in the Horn of Africa, but a multitude of events that if planned and prepared for could have been significantly mitigated. This portion of the world has met one crisis after another, and yet the people do not surrender to the elements or the warlord demanding their property. The citizens who inhabit the Horn of Africa do as they have for thousands of years, and that is to adapt and overcome the next challenge. Those of us who live in developed nations have no idea the true struggle and conditions that exist beyond our borders and safety of our living rooms. I fully understand what can happen should we not begin focusing our assets outward instead of promoting hateful and dangerous ideologies here in this country. Nelson Mandela said it best, it is in your hands to make a better world for all who live in it. We must do the right thing and aid those developing nations to ensure adequate access to food, water, and health care, because without it, we are all doomed to fail. I want to thank each of you for listening to the first episode of Season 4. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a like, rating, and a comment. Share the content with those around you, and finally, please consider becoming a Patreon member. If you can't or simply don't want to, I completely understand. And please don't feel pressured into supporting in that way. Your listen and share does enough. Destination Disaster will always be free to those of you who listen. Next week, we will be discussing the conflicts within this portion of the world. Until next week, this has been Destination Disaster. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.